When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. For years, Afghanistan's female judges were at the top of their profession, putting members of the Taliban, ISIS and al-Qaeda behind bars. It wasn't a job in the sense of being a judge here is a job. I think it was a real commitment to a cause. And they had to be incredibly brave and really hold their nerve. But since the Taliban swept to power this summer, they've been in hiding in fear of their lives. I received a call when I was in Kabul. One of them called me and said to me that I know where are you now. They were so angry and they were looking for revenge. Where do they go now? What does the British government and the rest of the world owe these women? You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times, I'm Manveen Rana. Today, what happens to Afghanistan's female judges? Afghans are thronging to Kabul's airport, desperate to get on planes and leave the country at any cost. Afghanistan has new masters. 20 years after their first experiment in power came to a shattering end, the Taliban are back. On August the 15th, the Taliban seized Kabul. They now had control of the country. Hundreds of thousands of Afghans tried desperately to escape. Anyone who was associated with the previous, more liberal order was now a target. I'm Zainab. Hello, how are you? Hi, I'm fine, thanks. It's Manveen from The Times. Thanks so much for talking to us. You're most welcome. Zainab is one of the lucky ones. She's safely escaped and is now in Athens, from where she remembers what life was like before the Taliban took over. It was good for me because I was happy that I have prestige in Afghanistan and I am a female judge and I help women and support them. It was uh, hard. We didn't have much uh, opportunity. The power was with men, but at least we were free and also education were available for men and women as equal. And I want to know a little bit about how that's changed now. I mean, take me back to the day when you were driving to work and then had to turn back in August. And normally we went to our job by our own car 
on 15th of August, uh, we prepared ourselves to go to our work on the way. We received calls from my families and friends and colleagues that Parwan province is already falling. The prison has been broken, so we turned back and we collect uh, some of our important documents and left our home. It was so scary. Nobody was thinking that Kabul would fall so quickly. Before the Taliban took over, there are around 280 female judges in Afghanistan. Some of them had been working since the 1990s and they'd lived through the oppression of the Taliban government the first time round. Others were very young and had trained after NATO invaded. Jane Mulcairns, associate editor of The Times magazine, has been speaking to some of these women. In fact, she put us in touch with Zainab, who we'll come back to a little later. After there was a more liberal, democratic regime installed... Obviously, there was a lot of sentencing of Taliban members and ISIS members and Al-Qaeda members in a bid to, you know, really establish and keep a rule of law in Afghanistan. But also there was a real change in gender dynamics and the rules governing gender dynamics. There are estimates that up to about 90% of women suffered some sort of domestic violence in Afghanistan until about five years ago. And men were not punished under the Taliban regime, and obviously women had no rights. So part of the importance of these female judges was because there were special courts set up to help support female victims of domestic violence and even special police units to prosecute, to find and help prosecute perpetrators of domestic violence. So an awful lot of the work of many of these female judges were in special courts and expanded family courts in order to bring to justice perpetrators of domestic violence, rape, men accused of murdering their wives. They weren't just helping to deliver the rule of law. They were really helping change culture in this country. Hmm. And how successful were they? You know, how were they, what were conditions like for them and how were they viewed by the rest of the judiciary? Certainly, they put away an awful lot of men, including terrorists and also, you know, men who committed domestic violence. I think that they would say they weren't as successful as they would like to be because mm. there was still enormous amount of violence going on and terrorism. However, there was also backlash from the very beginning. There are an awful lot of anecdotes of women being threatened in court while they are delivering verdicts by men who they are sentencing to prison. There's an awful lot of anecdotes of women being threatened both verbally, over the phone, you know, via people coming to their houses because they've put away members of people's family. Two female judges were killed by unknown gunmen in the Afghan capital on Sunday. Police say no one has claimed responsibility for the early morning ambush. In January this year, two female judges were murdered on their way to work. So they were in the back of a car in Kabul. Two men on a motorbike opened the back doors and gunned them down. So this was a sort of everyday threat to these women. Yeah, I mean, it's astonishingly courageous to do a job where... Your life is on the line yeah, so regularly. Mm. And what's happened to them since August, since the new Taliban have come in? The moment that they heard that the city had fallen and that the president had fled, they also felt it was necessary for them to flee. Not just because they were worried about the Taliban members themselves, 
But they were also really nervous about people who they'd sentenced because the Taliban also opened the prisons as soon as they swept back to power. So suddenly all of these men who've been promising to exact revenge upon the women who sentenced them were free. I think it was a terrifying moment for these women. Many of them felt they had no choice but to leave their homes because their homes were targeted almost immediately. Their addresses and phone numbers were circulated. They were receiving death threats over the phone, over text messages, over WhatsApp. Many of them went to stay with relatives, interim measures to try and escape their own houses. Mm. But it's very much a temporary measure in a country that is roiling, really, under this new lawless regime. Tell me about how some of them have now managed to get out. Because mm. I can imagine if, you, if you're living through that, you're having to hide temporarily with, with family. That's not sustainable. No, absolutely, it's not sustainable. In the days following the Taliban's rise to power again, there was obviously an official line from the UK government that we would be offering 5,000 Afghan visas in the next year under ARAP. ARAP is the Afghan Relocation and Assistance Policy. It's the scheme that helps interpreters and people who work for the British government to escape Afghanistan and receive visas to the UK. I think that gave hope to some of these judges because many of them were trained by the International Bar Association and mm. have partnerships with UK lawyers and judges so that they were very much connected to the British judicial system, partly because obviously they were helping us, sentencing members of Al-Qaeda and ISIS. Unfortunately, currently, judges do not fall under the terms of ARAP because they are not deemed to have worked directly for the British government. So that isn't, at the moment, an option for them. The prominent London law firm, Mishkondorea, is representing 28 of the judges. They're working for free and they're now preparing a judicial review application which would force the government to come to court and be challenged over their ARAP rules and whether they should cover Afghan judges. There are other legal organisations like the International Bar Association um, and other humanitarian organisations that have been assisting in just getting them out of Afghanistan to start with. So there have been some extraordinary rescues, really, to get them across, out of Afghanistan, across borders. Some very perilous journeys, you know, travelling dressed as Taliban members, you know, across the borders to get into Pakistan, then getting to Georgia, and then getting to places like Athens. Some have gone to Switzerland, some have gone to Abu Dhabi. Many of them won't stay in those countries or, and don't want to stay in those countries. But the most important thing has been actually being able to get them to safety. I mean, how, how many judges have managed to get out and, and what happens to the ones who haven't? Mm. So there's about 27 who were in the first evacuation who got to Greece. So, you know, I think there's probably between 10 and 20% of them have managed to get to interim countries. But the ones who are left behind are obviously completely terrified. I was sent a lot of WhatsApp messages by some of the judges themselves, but also by volunteers who are trying to help get them out. And it's heartbreaking. I mean, they are messages of pure terror. They're not sure how long they can stay where they are. They don't know who's coming to help them. They are in fear for their lives. They also can't leave their hiding places. So they're relying on other people to bring them food, to bring them medical supplies. And for the ones who have made it out... What happens now? So that's a very difficult question because, again, 
the UK government hasn't really given any indication that they will say yes. The judicial review is not a quick solution. These mm. things take months usually. And in the meantime, they're in limbo. You know, the couple of judges that I spoke to in Athens, they feel very fortunate. I mean, it's four generations of a family living in an apartment in the centre of Athens. And while they are they have accommodation provided for them and they have food brought to them by humanitarian organisations. They don't have access to any healthcare because they're they're not asylum seekers. They are just granted short-term visas. Mm. So they don't qualify for free medical assistance. They don't have access to any money because the Taliban froze their bank accounts. So they really are stuck. And while they feel relieved to obviously be out of Afghanistan, there's enormous stress about where they go next and what happens next. Many of them would like to come to the UK. They speak English. They don't speak Greek. They feel like they could be useful here, that they could potentially practice law. They could help us, you know, with with the resettlement of other Afghan refugees. They could help with intelligence, you know, to do with that country. These are women who have worked at the mm. highest levels, you know, in their own justice system. They want to have a purpose. And it's very, very difficult because... They just don't know what the next steps will be. There are three female judges who did manage to come to the UK last month, but this wasn't under the Arab scheme. One of the judges Jane spoke to is a woman named Homer. She's one of those who now lives with four generations of her family in a small apartment in Athens. Before the Taliban took over, she served as the chief of the family court in Kabul. She comes from a family of lawyers. She's got two nephews, one a judge and the other a prosecutor. And both are married to women who are also in the legal profession, another judge and another prosecutor. When the Taliban seized power in Kabul in August, she was very aware that she had to flee her own property and she went to stay with her brother. Her brother had all of his sisters staying with him because everyone was in fear for their lives. And she also cares for her wheelchair-bound mother who went with her. They were one of the groups of people who managed to get out of Kabul via the overland journey to a border town. And then they went to Uzbekistan and then were flown to Georgia, then were flown to Athens. So she was sort of evacuated with her mother. It took 10 hours, the overground journey, to get to the border. And they had to dress as if they were supporters and members of the Taliban. And there were eight Taliban checkpoints and a 10-hour journey. And every time, to hear them tell it, you know, they were terrified that they would be stopped and turned around. But they managed to to get out. And when they got to the border a couple of days later... They were reunited with her two nephews and their wives. And then all of them as a family unit travelled to Athens where they are. They are living in a two-bedroom apartment in Athens. So Homer and her mother in one room, one of her nephews and his wife in another room and their daughter. And then another nephew and his wife sleep in the corridor, which they didn't complain about at all because they're just glad to be mm. together and out of you know, the most grave immediate danger. One of Homer's nephews is married to Zainab, the judge we heard from at the start of the episode. I mean, they're, they're very interesting, their stories. One of the nephews, who's a judge, his wife, Zainab, she's only 31 and she's been a judge for four years. And she and her husband were judges in Bagram. Bagram used to be the biggest US military base in Afghanistan. 
Located around 50 kilometres north of Kabul, it housed a detention centre which held some of the most notorious terrorists the Americans had captured. So to be a judge in the area meant sentencing some of the most dangerous men in the country. It was deemed too dangerous for them even to live in Bagram because they were prosecuting warlords and families of warlords. And they actually commuted daily from Kabul to Bagram. And they were on their way to work that day when they were told that the president had fled the country and that the capital was about to fall. And again, they turned around and went home, collected sensitive documents and and left their homes. I mean, these are really remarkable young lawyers, you know, really making a difference in their country, who are now sort of in limbo in a country unable to work. And Zainab in particular is very ambitious and really wants to be useful. You know, she she wants to have a life where she can put her training and her skills and her education and her experience to purpose. And so they are very eager to get to the UK where they want to help. How safe do they feel in Athens? Yeah, they feel safer than they did in Afghanistan, particularly safer than they did in Kabul in the days following the US withdrawal. But they don't feel entirely safe. Homer, one of the women I spoke to, one of the judges I spoke to, she, a few days before we spoke, spotted a man in the street in Athens who she had sentenced for the murder of his wife earlier this year. And he had publicly in court threatened to kill her for sending him to prison. When she told me that, I just thought, it sounds extraordinary. How How is that possible? Mm. But as she explained... When the Taliban swept to power in August and emptied the jails, the prisoners were really given two choices, to join the Taliban or to run themselves. And those who didn't want to join the Taliban and and be soldiers escaped in exactly the same ways that our judges have been escaping. You know, she called it the criminal's route, which is, you know, sort of out the back, Pakistan, Georgia, Athens, you you pay smugglers to take you on these routes. And so she feels incredibly anxious because she feels that the city in which she's supposed to have sanctuary is potentially full of people who also wish her harm. I think they feel that even now they've got a target on their backs, even though they've been evacuated from Afghanistan, which... It's just a terrifying way to live. It's not just limbo. You know, they're they're in some level of purgatory at the moment. We'll hear more from Zainab in Athens. And if those are the risks you faced when you escape, how are the judges who are still hiding in Afghanistan coping? That's coming up after this. Hi, I'm John Witherow, editor of The Times. Thanks to you, we get to cover the broadest and most important daily news stories. To enjoy more remarkable stories every day, subscribe to The Times and The Sunday Times and get one month free. Visit thetimes.co.uk forward slash stories of our times. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Zainab, the judge we heard from earlier in the episode, managed to escape Afghanistan with her husband and his family. They were all judges and prosecutors, and their lives were suddenly at risk when the Taliban took over in August. She takes up the story. Nobody was thinking or imagining the situation. We left our homes and we were in hideout. We changed our home after two days and we changed our location. So we left Afghanistan on 30 of September and we arrived in Athens at night. It is so clear that they will harm us and the Taliban were our enemy. And in addition to that, the prisoners that were released from prison would uh, find us and kill us. We had to ski. There was no other option for us. So the Taliban, who hated female judges, would have found you and your life was in danger. And the prisoners who you'd put behind bars, who had now all been released, were also on the loose and, and looking for revenge. I received a call when I was in Kabul one of them called me and said to me that when I find you and also I find your home, I will look with you and I I know where are you now. They were so angry and they were looking for revenge. We are grateful of Greece government, but still we are not safe absolutely. But compared to Afghanistan, it is much better. But we are fair that uh, released prisoners might have come to Greece and they will be potential risk for us. As you know, Greece is a shelter to all immigrants and refugees. And tell me, have you had any experience of that? Have you seen any of them? Some of female judges that they are living in Athens, they saw one of them. One of the prisoners? Yes, one of the prisoners. 
but uh, the prisoners didn't know that she is because she had glasses and he didn't uh, know that she is a judge but the judge she uh, know him he was one of the prisoners that released after the taliban took over i mean she was very lucky that he didn't recognize her in athens is she is she more scared now is she scared even in athens yes she is so scared in athens all of us female judge are scared after we listen her story what do you hope to do next what do you ho- where do you hope to go i want to live in an english speaking country like uk and rebuild uh, my life and to carry on with uh, our higher education because we understand english we hope uh, united kingdom government would resettle us to united kingdom under a or a p scheme but they are refusing to do and uh, to do so and we are left here in greece with no future if you did come to the uk i mean what would you want to do would you want to return to the law i want to rebuild my career again and i love to be a judge or a solicitor because i love my job would you like to go back to afghanistan one day if we had some day law and government i want to go to afghanistan and i want to help women but until the taliban is in afghanistan i can't went again because they don't have a rule of law and they don't have government do you miss afghanistan do you miss kabul of course i miss my country i left my home and also we are all of as about our families my mother is living in kabul my sisters my brothers all of them I'm just with my husband and with my daughter in Athens. I miss all of them. I miss my country, my my job and my family. And when you speak to your family who is still there, what do they say? How are things? They say it become worse day by day. And uh, my nephews are in home uh, girls they are waiting for to open schools they want to study and school but the school are closed for girls and the banks are also in bad situation and our accounts are freezed until now and the economic situation is so bad in afghanistan they don't have jobs my brother was engineer but he is now in home he uh, don't have any job and what about the female judges who haven't been able to escape yet are you hearing from any of them female judge i had contact with them and i'm in contact with my colleagues in afghanistan they are in very bad and risky situation they are in hideouts and changing their location they really need help and countries should help them what is your best hope for them 
I hope that UK government would resettle us to UK and also IBA help uh, the female judges to come in other countries and they will be safe and someday Afghanistan will come a free country the women had freedoms again and education and also Afghanistan had law rule again as tough as things are for Homer Zainab and the other judges in Athens there are so many more judges who haven't even made it to safety yet Jane has been speaking to one of them who's still in hiding yes so Halima I will say it's not her real name. Um, when when we got in touch with Halima, she was incredibly anxious about even speaking to me um, because she didn't want any details of her name, her whereabouts, her experience to fall into the wrong hands. So Halima has been working for almost 20 years as a judge, highly experienced. She's obviously seen the Taliban first time around, as well as this time. I mean, she has been responsible for putting away an enormous number of terrorists and of men who've committed violence. She's also had violence enacted upon her family. She told me a story about going to a wedding one night in 2004. And while she was out of the house, members of the Taliban broke into the house, captured her husband and beat him up so badly that he was paralysed for life. Yeah, so he's been paralysed ever since. He's been unable to work. So she's also been the breadwinner. They have two teenage sons. On the morning that the Taliban seized Kabul, she was on her way to work and immediately turned around and went home again because she just knew that it wouldn't be safe to stay in the city. She went to stay with family members, but then those family members were also being threatened. So they kept moving. They left Kabul entirely. Her, Her husband who it's difficult for him as well because he's, yeah, he's paralysed and they had to travel on public transport because, you know, they feel like their vehicles are constantly under surveillance. But they actually fled fled Kabul and went to an unspecified location in the provinces where I spoke to her and they were in hiding. She felt that they were even there, that they were being watched by the Taliban. So she wouldn't leave this very small one-room apartment that she's staying in with the entire family. She wouldn't let her sons leave the apartment. And really, she doesn't know what the next step is. She has had a visa application denied by the UK government. Their argument is that she wasn't working directly for the UK government, that she didn't qualify under ARAP. She is one of the cases that has really prompted the lawyer's to take the government to court over this. So what happens to her now? She remains in hiding until either she is evacuated to an interim country or we are able to somehow get out of the UK. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times, a podcast brought to you thanks to the subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times, with me, Manveen Rana, and my guest, Associate Editor of The Times magazine, Jane Mulcairins, and Zainab, an Afghan judge, now in Athens. You can read more of Jane's work at thetimes.co.uk with a subscription or in print. The producers today were Edward Drummond and Asio Fuchs. The executive producer is Kate Ford, and sound design was by Tom Birchall. If you'd like to get in touch with any ideas for future episodes 
or any thoughts on what you've just heard, then do drop us a line to storiesofourtimes at thetimes.co.uk. Thanks for listening. See you again soon. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.